0: You're listening to the Redemption Church podcast as we go through a series called The Power of Prayer. All right, guys, we are going to study in our Bibles tonight about prayer. As we move into this 21 day fast, there are four Sundays. Uh, involved here, and each Sunday, we're gonna be talking about prayer. And uh, tonight, specifically, we're gonna be talking about victory in prayer. Uh, so we're gonna start off uh, just really talking about the way that God answers our prayers. Uh, Pastor Daniel will talk about a couple of other things like persistence in prayer, and um, d- you know uh, some other things that uh, are very valuable, uh, even to the simplicity of how to pray. How do we pray? Um, So, um, But tonight we're gonna talk about victory in prayer because I think it's important for us to remember and know as we look at the scripture that the battle belongs to the Lord and the victory has already been won, right? Now, here's the reality. The war is won, but there's a lot of battles along the path for you and I. That's the reality. The war over sin has been done. It's finished, right? And if you'll remember uh, in that last teaching from the summer si- series, that word, telestai," okay? That it is finished. The last stroke, the, all of the things that we went through about it is finished, it's done, it's paid in full. The, that mortgage deed has been stamped, that bank note has been stamped. It's over, it's over, that's all been done. But you're still fighting, aren't you? You're still fighting. And so uh, they talk a lot, and I don't know, maybe some of you guys who grew up uh, in church have heard uh, Canaan, okay, as a model of what heaven will be like, Um, you know, that they entered into the land of Canaan, the land with milk and honey, but the reality is, is Canaan is what the Christian life will be like abundance of blessing, abundance of amazing things, but there's a battle every single day. And that's the way the Israelites existed in Canaan is they were constantly fighting for land. They were constantly battling, allowing the, the ways of the enemy to infiltrate. And God said, get all these things out of here. I want them all gone. And they said, well, but these things are okay, right? I mean, these, they seem like nice people. He's like, kick them out. And they said, well, we can leave a few of them, right? And so that is really, and truthfully, when we talk about Canaan, uh, the promised land, it's, I believe, that it is more of our daily walk with Christ as we become believers. And in the midst of our daily walk with Christ, we pray, we pray. And those battles that we fight oftentimes depend on our prayer life. And that's what you see in scripture, okay? And so, we're gonna talk about that. Uh, I don't, we didn't do slides tonight, so you can listen, follow along if you have your Bible or your phone app. Uh, We're gonna be in Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse 10 uh, in your Bible or there on your phone app. Uh, So, I'm gonna pray for us. And then we are gonna jump right into the scripture and talk about this and, A beautiful passage of scripture from the Apostle Paul. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. God, you are so faithful. You are so uh, amazing and true, and we just trust that you will be with us, that you will guide us, that you will direct us. Lord, we know that, uh, Lord, we know that you have called us here uh, to Redemption Church. We know that uh, you've placed Pastor Daniel and his wife and family here. Lord, and that means you want to do something And we just trust you for that, Lord. So, Lord, we ask that you would guide us tonight in your word and that you would bless each of us uh, with your spirit just being filled, Lord, and understanding more about you and how to connect more with you through prayer. And, Lord, to get those victories um, in prayer. So we thank you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, Ephesians chapter six, and you guys know this passage of scripture. Some of you may even have this passage of scripture memorized, right? Put on the full armor of God. You guys know that passage of scripture, right? Everybody knows the passage of scripture. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. And this is the ESV version. praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and all supplication. Now, you guys know this passage of scripture and it talks about putting on the full armor of God. And maybe you're asking yourself, why is he using this to talk about victory in prayer? And I love this passage of scripture because uh, if you've ever taught children's ministry, this is a fun one, right? Kids love armor. Armor. And so you can buy that plastic armor from Amazon or from the toy store. They used to sell it at the Christian bookstores, whether if you could ever find one of those again, right? Uh, and so Lifeway and uh, Christian Family Christian Store and those types of places they used to sell little baggies of the full armor of God, which was just really cheap plastic, you know, things that you could put on kids. Uh, now I don't know, and this I may. Um, This probably falls right in between everybody. Some of you guys might remember this or not, Uh, but when my kids were little, so this would have been about 15 years ago, there was a show that was created called Bible Man. Okay, and Bible Man. Okay, and he was the the he was played by the actor who was the goofy. Uh, friend of Charles in Charge, you know, um, remember Charles in Charge? You guys remember that show a long time ago? Okay, all stuff from my childhood. So that's why I'm like, there's probably a gap here. Um, You know, if you're a little older or if you're a little younger, you might not know it because most of the time there's like a 10-year window there with television shows and stuff. But this guy was a superhero. And there were certain things like pride and those types of things that if he got those things, they would start to make him weak and he would fight them with the word of God. But he would put on this armor and he would do all of this stuff. And so when you think about these passages of scripture, you think about putting on all this armor, right? And so the Bible's very clear. It says, take therefore the whole armor of God that you may withstand an evil day having done all and stand firmly, stand there, the belt of truth, right? The belt of truth, okay? We know that Jesus Christ is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay? This holds everything together. It's Christ that holds it all together. He says, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. We know that he who had no sin became sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians five twenty one right? And so him having no sin, that you and I, he became sin that we might become the righteousness, okay? And so this righteousness that we receive through Christ, right, so we've got Christ as our truth, the truth of the gospel, okay? We've got the righteousness which God bestows upon us and we put that protecting our chest, Okay, and then it says the shoes for your feet with the readiness of the gospel. That means you're ready to go out there, share the gospel, right? How will they hear if they've never heard? How will they, uh, I mean, how will they believe if they've never heard? How will they hear if they haven't been sent? Okay, and then it says beautiful are the feet of those. Okay, in the book of Romans, it says beautiful are the feet of those that carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, it talks about the, the shoes of the feet of the readiness uh, to carry the gospel of peace and then the shield of faith, right? The shield of faith, our faith grows as we stand in Christ and the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation. So this is what the Lord is telling us and this is what Paul is, is, is writing here, he's saying, Okay, make sure you know who Jesus is. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you understand the truth of the gospel. Make sure that you're ready to share the gospel. And you want to win this battle? Get all that on, get all that in place, ready to go to battle, and pray. Because that's how you win the battle and pray. He said, Put all this stuff on. He, I mean, he's speaking here, okay, to these that understand and know war, that understand battle. These guys, first century AD, were constantly fighting with one another. Rome was in charge. Rome had all of these like, you know these these warrior type of men. You guys have seen movies about it. You've seen uh, various other things that, uh, not to mention the fact that you're talking a lot about uh, the previous Greeks and the Spartans and various other things that these guys would know their history and understand this full armor, which is why Paul would use the situation and he would say, "Gird yourself for battle. Prepare yourself." Get ready for the most fierce battle you're ever going to fight and get on your knees and pray. And get on your knees and pray. It's really interesting. If you guys remember the book of Revelation, when Daniel shared in the book of Revelation in Revelation chapter 19, it says in Revelation 19, as the rider on the white horse who we know to be Jesus, right? It says that his name is the word the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Okay? It says that there is an army behind him. An army behind him, also dressed in white. Many believed the church, having been raptured and now coming back with him, all prepared for battle, riding on horses, coming down with the Lord. And we talk about the Battle of Armageddon. And what happens? They get here, the Lord opens his mouth, Satan is bound and the Lord takes over, right? They got all prepared for battle and never fought because the truth is, is that fighting happens in the spiritual realm. It happens in Christ. Maybe you're experiencing a physical thing here. Pray about it, pray about it. Now, does that mean I can simply pray about it and forget about it? Absolutely not, by no means, right? By no means should we pray about it and forget about it. But here's the reality. There are things that God calls us to do, to be diligent about things. Maybe it's a job. I need a job, Lord, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you just sit home and say, Lord, just give me a job. Fall on my lap, Lord. Just give me a job. Just give me a job. Just give me a job. Have you applied? Have you been out there? Have you been, Lord, give me the right job? Give me the right job, right? Give me the right job. Give me the wisdom to know what I'm supposed to be pursuing. These are the things that we should be praying. God, I put out about 20 applications because I need a job, right? I qualify for 10 of them. Lord, give me the job you want me to have that I can be the influence that you want me to be. Put me near somebody that needs to hear the gospel. Maybe even if it's not the exact job that I want out of those that I applied for. These are the types of things that we should be praying for. Not sitting at home going, Lord, just give me a job. Give me a job. Well, you haven't done anything. You haven't done. Like there are, you gotta put on that armor. You got to prepare yourself and hand it over to the Lord. I've done what I can do, but the battle belongs to the Lord. These things are fought in the spiritual realm even things that are very physical, okay? Maybe it's a relationship that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a sister, a brother, a parent. And you, you do the best that you can do. The Bible says do your best to live at peace with all men as long as it's within your power to do so. The Bible, they are understanding that there are times when there are relationship conflicts that are not within your power to fix and then give it over to Jesus and say, Lord, this person has issues with me. I turn it over to you. I love them and I pray for them. I pray for them. It's the hardest thing to do is to pray for somebody that you have severe conflict with or somebody that's hurt you and to pray for them and say, Lord Jesus, I pray, my heart wants me to pray that they run their truck into the the ditch, but I don't pray that. Lord, I pray that you would help me forgive them. And Lord, I pray that you would bring them to repentance and that they can know you and walk with you and be right with you, Lord even if our relationship can never be right again. Mother, sister, brother, even if your earthly relationship is not healed, we should be praying that God would make them right with him. Our prayer should be for their salvation, for their repentance. Many of us have been hurt by people in the church, by people who proclaim themselves to be Christian and then do horrible things. You're like, what? that's not supposed to happen. Lord, I pray that you would help me to forgive them, Lord, and that they would find repentance with you. Okay? Put on your armor. Your shield deflects the fiery darts from the enemy. The fiery darts are, Lord, I pray that they would drive their truck in the ditch. Fiery dart, I just deflected it. No, Lord, I'm not gonna pray that. I'm angry at them. No, Lord, I'm gonna pray for forgiveness. I'm gonna pray that you would bring redemption, that we would see an amazing turn. Even if our relationship is never healed or repaired, I pray that they would know you and walk rightly with you again. Okay? Those are very difficult things. And if you've been severely hurt by someone that you love and that's supposed to love you, you know how difficult that is to pray that prayer. And maybe you are caring and harboring resentment. You know, they say that uh, resentment and bitterness is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. Unforgiveness is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. I think about that a lot, you know, when somebody cuts me off in the car and I'm so frustrated and angry and they're just like, I'm like, who is this hurting by me getting so angry? Lord, give me the power to forgive them. Please, Lord, give me the power to forgive them. Do you pray all the time? You should pray all the time. You know, the Bible tells us to pray all the time. Uh, So, uh, we should be praying prayers of worship. We should be praying prayers of thanksgiving. We should be, it says, pray with your petitions, ask God for needs. And prayers of confession. We need to be praying prayers of confession. It's real easy in that situation that I told you about, like the where you're frustrated or hurt by somebody, it's real easy to see all their flaws and look right past yours in the situation, right? It's real easy to do. And we need to pray prayers of confession. Here's where I failed, Lord. Here's where I failed. Forgive me. Help me to be real with myself. Help me to be better in this area. Okay, Uh, so now, fasting, that's fun, isn't it? It's not, okay? So if you thought you were unspiritual because you were like, oh, I don't wanna fast. I don't know, I don't know. Anybody wanna share what they've been thinking about fasting for? This is a participatory lesson tonight. Anyone wanna to share what they, uh, if you're fasting, okay, you can fast from food, and I highly encourage that, at least for a day or two during this 21 days. There is, it is different fasting from food than fasting from television or fasting from other things like that, okay? If you're fasting uh, from things, it it's, should be something that's gonna be a struggle for you, something that's gonna be a sacrifice for you, okay? Uh, and something that will actually put you on on your knees to fulfill that need that you have. That's why food is such a big thing. We all need food. And when you don't eat, you get hungry, right? And you're like, Lord, satisfy my hunger, please, (laughs) okay? I don't want it to be such a big distraction that I can't pray, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. You're fasting and you, you end up like so distracted by a headache or something like that that you're like, I can't, I can't even pray. I'm so distracted by it, right? Sometimes we just need to battle through it. Sometimes we just need to battle through it. Anyone wanna share what they're thinking about fasting from? Bread? Really? I love bread. Oh, uh, love I love bread. Right? Now, they made this little meme recently, it's been a while ago actually, probably five or six years ago of Oprah uh, saying she loves bread and it's like she just goes on and on and bread just starts piling all around her and says, I love bread, right? Because bread is wonderful, it's delicious. And it's hard to go without and you realize how much you depend on bread and you eat bread every single day and it becomes such a huge part of your diet Okay, fasting from things like that becomes really interesting. But here's what I wanna encourage you before I fall off my chair. Uh, Here's what I wanna encourage you, okay? Right? Make sure that if your fast from food even has physical benefits for you, personally, bodily, that it's a spiritual fast and not just a health fast, okay? Okay? So it's very easy in our culture today because what they found is, and this is the joy of scripture, uh, the things that God tells us to do on a regular basis just happen to be really healthy for us as well. Uh, so fasting is really good for you. And if you know anything about today's culture and, and how to, uh, like, the, the, like losing weight and maintaining weight off and these things, one of the big things promoted right now is intermittent fasting, You don't eat until noon, and you can't eat after eight o'clock in the evening. It's supposed to be one of the healthiest ways to live. And some people say, well, you eat for 48 hours, you don't eat for 24, and you do these 72-hour windows. That's another way to intermittent fast. Um, And so all of these types of things, but they're purely for health reasons, they're not for spiritual reasons. And when we talk about fasting scripturally, we talk about doing it for spiritual reasons, okay? Uh, So uh, I always try to fast from food Um, at least a few days during the fast, and then I usually fast from uh, the brain sucker um, that I call my iPhone that will quickly absorb an hour to two hours of my day, looking at somebody's goofy video of a dog or Oprah saying, I love bread, when it really has no relevance whatsoever to my life, right? I mean, seriously. Have you ever gotten lost just scrolling through Facebook or Instagram? I can still say Facebook in this crowd because you guys know what that is. I say that in my classroom and people are like, Facebook, what? I mean, I know what it is. I think my mom has an account or my grandma, I'm not sure. Right, it's for old people, right. So I can still say that in this crowd and you guys got it because Facebook's been around for a long time. Uh, But I wanna tell you a little story um, because I love stories. Uh, And this is a story about fasting and prayer that happened several years ago. Um, So, uh, when I was in Peru uh, and pastoring the church there, I had started a youth group, okay? We had about 10 um Youth age kids in our church. It was mostly all from one family. They were cousins and brothers and sisters and all this type of stuff. And, you know, the Peruvian families had lots of kids. So uh, just having one family come to the church, you've got a youth group almost. Uh, so, and then if they bring their cousins, you really got a youth group. And that's pretty much what it was. There were a few other kids that would infiltrate here and there. Uh, but I began to pray for them because I wanted, I noticed that they were sitting in the service and you know, I, they were getting it, They were, but they were still like at that age, uh, kind of like a couple of our youth here that were in between the age of really being able to absorb everything in service or, or being in children's ministry. It's like, what do you do with these kids on a Sunday when there's no youth group or whatever? And so I really began to pray, Lord, give me wisdom of how to minister to these kids. I wanna reach them not just with their, I grew up in a Christian home, I'm just going through the motions type of things. And I had seen so many teenagers fall away, I really want to see. So I began to pray and uh, one year that we were there, I decided, uh, hey guys, uh, we are gonna do a 12 hour fast. Just 12 hours, okay? That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a 12 hour fasting and prayer. Now, of course, food is a huge part of culture in Peru. Uh, You eat a lot of food, and lunchtime is the biggest. So fasting through lunch is a huge ordeal. Fasting at dinner, not so much. A lot of people might not even eat dinner. They eat a sandwich or something light. But fasting lunch, that's a big deal, okay? And especially for teenagers who had never even considered fasting before. And so we decided we were gonna do 12 hours of prayer and fasting, and none of them had ever fasted before. And they were very nervous about it, but they were like, okay, uh, if you want us to do this, we'll try. Okay? We'll try. And so we started, I think it was 6 a.m. in the morning uh, that we started our fast and prayer, and we were gonna go to 6 p.m. in the evening. Okay? And my goal was to spend as much of this day with them as possible for accountability and various other reasons. And I had a couple of other guys that were willing to do this. So we asked each one of them to abstain for food for these 12 hours and to seek God for direction in their lives, to renew their spirits. Each of them had already professed Christ as their savior. They all believed that they were saved. Uh, we decided to meet together Okay, and spend as much time of this together, uh, but we, we decided everybody needs to be there for like the last six hours, and especially the, the, the hardest part was gonna be the very last couple of hours that we were going to be together because we were gonna pray solidly for that time uh, in those last two hours. Now, of course, telling a 14, 13, 14-year-old kid that you're gonna pray for two hours straight in a church service is very intimidating to them and they were scared to death. They were like, I don't know how we're gonna do this. But, and I didn't either, knowing their age. So I brought a bunch of worship music and I was like, we're gonna play worship and then when they pray, they pray. And then we're gonna play some more worship. I said, we well, need to be ready for at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half's worth of worship, and then hopefully we can get a half an hour of prayer squeezed in between these little worship sets, was my plan. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure that we were all together, so we, we came all together. It was the last few hours of a fast, and I asked some of the moms to get some food ready and bring it to the church. Uh, so that as soon as we finished together, we could all break fast together. It was like 12 hours is plenty of time for these guys had never done it before. And I'm gonna tell you what an incredible time we had, right? I had prepared so much worship, but we didn't need it. I didn't need it at all. I put the chairs in a circle and we began to pray. And as we begin to pray, the kids intermittently would throw a word out here to a couple of phrases, a prayer, or whatever. And then I really felt like the Lord told me uh, to take a chair and put it in the center of the circle. And I put a chair in the center of the circle. And I said, if anyone feels led to come into the center of the circle, a few of us will get up and lay hands on you and pray for you. One young man, he was 13 years old, got up and sat in the center of the circle. We got up me and a couple of the other kids even, another guy that was with us, we got up and we started praying over him. We laid hands on him. He started praying. He started sobbing and confessing sin. One after another of these kids for two hours straight started sobbing and confessing sin and God just did some incredible, incredible work. Incredible work. It was amazing. They didn't, They weren't excited about fasting and praying, but they did it, obedience. Obedience leads to victory, obedience leads to victory. And so we saw some really incredible things in this obedience that led to an incredible victory for these guys. The moms had set up this uh, dinner and we prayed about an hour after we were supposed to stop. And then finally, I was like, all right, guys, okay, the food's all getting cold, the moms are getting frustrated with us, we need to stop. And they're like, wait, 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 we're almost done, we're almost done, we still need to pray for this. And so it was one of the most beautiful things I had ever experienced with teenagers before uh, in my life. And still, it is one of my highlights of my time uh, in Peru is praying with these kids and really getting to a place of them understanding and knowing the love and forgiveness of Christ. Uh, So it was just a really incredible time uh, and it was great victory that we found in prayer, great victory. Yeah, and those of you guys who have had children um, or have children now um, know that, um, man, you wanna increase your prayer life. Teenagers are really good for your prayer life. They're really good for your prayer life. If you've walked through the teenage years of uh, of your kids, uh, that certainly will put you on your knees. Um, And so my mom told me that I put her on her knees more than any other thing she experienced in her life, um, was me putting her on her knees. Um, I'm like, thanks mom. I was like, what about my brother and sister? And she's like, yeah, they did too, but not like you. You were different. I'm like, well, hey. Um, so, and here we are. And I do really believe that um, there are many times in my life where my mom's prayers, um, just that strength and victory in my mom's prayers really pulled me through some very dark days. Um, and so I always look back and think about that and attribute a lot of that to her faithfulness to the Lord because it certainly didn't have anything to do with me. He had a plan. Um, for my life, Um, but I do think that uh, my mom's prayers had a big influence in that part, uh, bringing me back to the Lord after straying away for a season. I wanna read to you Psalm 20, and then I'll close with this, and it says, "'May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. "'May the name of God of Jacob protect you. "'May he send you help from the sanctuary "'and give you support from Zion. "'May he remember all your offerings "'and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices, Selah. "'May he grant you your heart's desire "'and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from the holy heaven with the saving might of the right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. As we look at this Psalm, we see that the psalmist encourages the believer that the Lord will answer. And he says in verse one, he says, may the Lord answer you, okay? Uh, So if the Lord is gonna answer you, this signifies that you're asking, right? May the Lord answer you in your petitions. Later in verse six, he actually gives the affirmation that he will. Answer you. Not the may the Lord answer you, but now he's saying in the affirmation he will answer you from his holy heaven is what verse six says. And what a beautiful passage of scripture for us to reflect on. May he answer your petitions. Oh, he will answer your petitions. Now here's the reality. They may not be the answers you're looking for. That's the hard part of prayer, you guys. Okay? But trust God usually they're better than what we're looking for. Not in the situation, not in the moment, okay? Doesn't always fix every situation that we want it fixed, but at the end of the road, his blessing is greater than we could ever imagine. And I've seen it so many times in my life. Many unanswered prayers, or they were answered, just not the way that I thought they would be answered. But through those circumstances, while those circumstances were bad, they were horrible, that there's not much redemption in there, okay, in that particular circumstance. But through from that circumstance, the path that God has taken me on and the things that I've seen in the Lord and experienced with the Lord are far greater than I ever may have if it wasn't for that circumstance. Does that make sense? Uh, so it's not that your circumstances turn into good when the Bible says he will turn all things to good for those that love him or are called according to his pr- purposes, Romans eight twenty eight. okay? It means that from horrible, sinful situations, God's gonna do marvelous things in your life. Just trust him. I love this passage of scripture because in, in, he says that you'll wave a banner of victory, a banner of victory. And that story that I told you about fasting and praying with those teenagers, that's a banner of victory. That's what that is. Your testimony of answered prayers and how God has taken sticky, nasty, ugly situations in your life and made beautiful, amazing things out of your life because of it is your banner of victory in prayer. And it's beautiful. That's why your testimony is so powerful. That's why uh, God continues to use us to share his gospel. A lot of times simply by telling people what God has done in our lives and how he's shown up. Okay, Uh, just a simple, prayer request that I had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I have the had the opportunity, Pastor Daniel and I, uh, Lord willing, and COVID doesn't close down the airports, uh, we'll be flying out at the beginning of February, February the 4th, uh, flying to Madrid to visit our missionary uh, for a weekend, and then uh, going to a pastor's conference in Austria. And in Austria, the church there uh, that's hosting, it's a Bible college, uh, it's a castle, and so, I'm flying to Austria and staying in a castle, y'all. You should really get to know my God. He's pretty amazing, right? I tell my students all the time, one of my dreams as a young man in college was to travel the world. And my first career profession was theater. The average theater major makes about three to $5,000 a year. I pick them big, don't I, okay? Uh, While waiting tables and everything else just to make ends meet, right? And I think my first job in the theater in 1997, I made $20,000, barely able to survive and pay rent. Um, So, uh, and then after that, I became a missionary. It's a very lucrative career as well, if you know, and you're living on support and hoping that enough money comes in to buy rice and beans for your kids every month. And then after that, um, I became a school teacher. Again, I pick them big. but one of my dreams to travel the world, I would have to be rich to do that, you would think, because uh, world travel's pretty expensive, but uh, I've traveled more of the world than most people that I know. Um, I've been to Peru and Costa Rica, I've been to Italy, and I've been to Israel, and I've been to Turkey, and I've been to Greece, and now I'm going to Austria, and I'm going to Madrid, Spain, and uh, it's, if you saw my checkbook, you're like, how? <laughs> oh, you, should, you should get to know my dad. He owns a cattle on a 1,000 hills. Nothing's too big for him. Nothing's too big for him. Not my actual biological father, but my heavenly father. And every time one of these opportunities came up, this opportunity for Austria, uh, when we first started planning it, I was like, okay, this is probably gonna be a couple thousand dollars. Um, And I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that, Lord. It's all yours. I can do this. Okay, Um, and we just started praying and uh, now the trip is completely covered. Um, So, And and I was gonna have to pay to cover somebody in my classroom uh, because I don't have that many days off and it's in the middle of the school year. I only get a couple of personal days and if you leave more than a couple, you gotta pay a substitute to come in. And it was gonna be about $450 and somebody walked up to me and said, hey, uh, the Lord just put it on my heart, here's $500 to cover a sub. So I'm going to Austria and Madrid, Spain for nothing. That's just the power of, of God in prayer and just trusting in Him and stepping out in faith and going, okay, okay, sure. I have a savings account, you know, for emergencies and stuff and I'm like, uh, yeah, if I have to drain it to be able to do these things because God's calling to me this, I will, I don't care. I mean, maybe it seems foolish and irresponsible, but I just feel like if God's called me to something, I, I don't care how much money it costs I'm supposed to go. Um, so I just see God do amazing things. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Do you pray without ceasing? okay. I know a lot of times when we talk about prayers and we talk about some of these things that we're talking about, we think about prayer meanings and we think about quiet times and solitude with the Lord and those are amazing things, but here's the reality, guys. I walk throughout my day and a situation happens. I'm like, Lord, give me the strength to deal with that. Oh, I thought about Pastor Daniel as I'm walking down the hallway at school and I'm like, Lord, whatever reason you put him on my mind, I just pray that whatever he's doing, wherever he's at, I think about one of you guys while I'm you know, reading a scripture or praying and I'm like, Lord, I just pray for Sheila today. I don't know what's going on in her life, but obviously if you put her on my mind, something's there. I pray for Brian or Mike or Jennifer or whatever. I just, I don't stop. I might be cooking. I might be reading. I might be, I just, Lord, I just do this. Lord, give me wisdom of how to deal with this situation between my kids right now. They're just bickering and fighting and, is it just normal? Do I need to deal with it? Is it an issue that's bigger than I'm thinking? Right? Do you pray without ceasing? Do you give thanks in all circumstances? There are so many things that happen happened throughout the course of my day. I'm like, thank you, Lord, I was special. Kid shows up in my classroom and says, Mr. Shelley, I just wanna thank you because what you taught me today, I don't know, it just opened my eyes, I'm like, thank you, Lord, because sometimes you just feel like I'm not making an impact, right? Or with your own kids when they come and they hug you and they're like, you're the best dad in the whole wide world. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I needed that, right? And so, uh, as we move into this, guys, my encouragement for you is pray. Pray without ceasing. Seek the Lord. Sacrifice. It's not the sacrifice that God desires. It's you. And through that sacrifice of fasting, he gets your attention. And that's how that works. And that's why fasting is such a difficult discipline. I was talking to Pastor Daniel on the phone and he's like, it's interesting, we're going to a series on prayer when prayer is so easy. I'm like, what? <laughs> Say that again. Oh, prayer so easy. I mean, you're just talking with God, it's so easy. I don't know. It's a tough discipline for me. My brain runs at a million miles a minute and to sit and focus and pray consistently is really difficult. And I'm sure it's different for every single person and some people are really gifted in it. But if prayer is a tough discipline for you, anytime I fast and pray, it goes better. And that discipline gets a little easier, easier in those moments. So I encourage you as we move into this, take a day, take two days Fast from something really special to you, something meaningful. Brian's gonna play a song and we're gonna do communion. Um, We're gonna pray and prepare our hearts. Ask God now, as we prepare our hearts for communion, what, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? What in my life has become a vice that distracts me from you? Fast from food and that's good. But maybe you need to fast from television or social media, whatever it is that becomes the thing that stands in the way of you spending time with the Lord. He may call you to lay it down for a couple of days and read more of his word, spend some more time in prayer. And I pray that as these next 21 days go when you fast and pray, that that really could be part of your prayer, is that you would get caught up in his presence, that we would get caught up in his presence we would be reminded of all those beautiful parts of God's armor that he's given us, the blessed of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, all of those things to prepare us, that we may enter into his holy throne room because of the work that he did on the cross, becoming sin to make me righteous. He didn't owe me anything and he gave me everything. He gave me life. And even beyond that, all the things we talked about tonight, abundant life, joyful life, blessings beyond my compare, the desires of my heart. That's part of that Psalm 20. Things that I don't deserve any of it. But he is so good, so good. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross, Lord We thank you for the work that you did to save us, Lord. And even tonight, as we remember your body beaten and bruised and your blood that you shed on the cross for the redemption of my sins, of our sins, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. And we celebrate the work that you've done to redeem us. Lord, help us In these next 21 days as we begin, keep our eyes focused on you, nothing else but Jesus, and that we would be caught up in your presence as that song said. That would be the cry of our heart, Lord, that we get caught up in your presence and nothing else. Thank you for the cross in your name. Amen. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.